0: Thursday nights from 6 to 7 p.m., join us on Blooming Out,
1: an hour of Indiana's only LGBTQ plus talk show.
0: Broadcast live from the studios of WFHB, Blooming Out is a weekly public affairs show which engages members of the LGBTQ plus and ally community with news, entertainment, and events.
1: Both locally and from around the world, that's Blooming Out, every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. on WFHB.
2: This is WFHB Bloomington, Indiana. Volunteer-powered community radio at 91.3 FM for South Central Indiana, also at 98.1 in Bloomington, 100.7 in Brown County, 106.3 in Ellettsville, and online at wfhb.org. Currently, there is a flood watch in effect from 10 p.m. until February 25th at 7 a.m. It is currently at 45 degrees looks like there might be some rain tonight um tomorrow we have a high of 58 degrees with a 90 percent chance of rain um stay tuned for blooming out
1: welcome to blooming out indiana's only
3: lgbtq plus news and public affairs show featuring music events and interviews both vocal and global
1: From the WFHB Studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out.
0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Alex Ashkin.
3: And I'm Frankie Preslav. And I'm Grant Rollins. And I'm Rachel Jones. Thank you for joining us for a new edition of Indiana's Only Queer Public Radio's Affair Show. We currently post to WFHB.org, so if you can't listen live, you can hear this and other episodes online via the WFHB website.
0: Each and every week, we produce a show by and for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and ally communities. Our listeners can always count on us to cover the most pressing issues, interesting people, and latest events affecting GTBLQ plus life in Indiana, the U.S., and across the
3: world.
4: Our feature stories focus around topics both at home and abroad.
3: We're going to expand on the news article by looking at the importance of self-identification and what happens when social change butts up
5: against tradition. We are joined in the studio tonight by Greg Chaffin, a guidance counselor from Bloomington High School North. Greg was the 2014 Indiana Counselor of the Year, the 2007 Indiana Counselor Association president, and has a long history of volunteering with vulnerable populations in areas like Egypt, Thailand, and Kuwait. In addition to Greg, we have two North students from the North United States, or sorry, United Students Gay Straight Alliance (GSA) president and North junior Hannah Ledbetter, and social activist North senior Caleb Poor.
4: Well, welcome, uh, thank aboard, you very much. Guys. We're excited we're, to we're be, here. At, uh, be here. Excited about having you guys here. Yeah. We're going to start out our segment a little different. We're going to kind of talk to uh, kind of the the host about uh, how our how our week has gone and. How everybody's doing as we uh, get ready to start up our uh, our program.
3: I will say I was reluctant to agree to this because it will let people know how boring my life
4: is. <laughs> and What did I say? I said just lie. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I'm going to have to. I'll, I'll make it up. So um, I guess uh, we'll start with Grant. Grant's um, our new friend and co-host, and we're trying to decide on where we're going to plug him in at. Um, But welcome aboard. Thank you. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself, Grant.
5: Um, I'm a senior here at IU. I'm a studio arts major with a fine arts minor. Um, I love fried chicken. <laughs> I'm, I'm from Auburn, Indiana. Uh, all my family's from the South, South Carolina. And, um, yeah, I'm happy to be here.
4: Yeah. And you kind of have a background in, uh, media. You were the sensation on <laughs> YouTube that I learned through my kids about you because you had cabillions of listeners, right? Yeah,
5: sure. Yeah. I used to make, uh, YouTube videos, so. No, you were involved. very popular. You were very yeah. Popular. I was a little involved in the gay community then from right. that, so. and
4: you were also worked with um, the other internet and that's um, my friends, your friends, yeah, <laughs> Mark and Ethan. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, tell us a tiny bit about them, just a little bit
5: about them. Um, they're a, a gay couple who vlogged, and if you know what a vlog is, it's like a video blog. But so they would just put moments of their life online and. I met them and I already made a channel, but I met Mark through YouTube and when I came down here I transferred here from Butler and so I started talking to them and I made some videos with them and yeah, they're they're, they're, relevant. Big, they're, they're relevant. They're more relevant
4: than me. they're a big deal. And they're now in California? Maybe? Yeah, they're in, they're in LA. Okay, and they're still doing their Yeah,
5: they're their working programs. with YouTube and just they're actually working with like Khalifa Farms or whatever, the uh-huh. coffee beans and all that right now. Oh, so. wow. So that's
4: exciting. Mm -hmm. So, and how about you, Alex? It's kind of, what's, how, how's your week going? It's been going great, folks. Uh,
0: thank you, Frankie, for asking. Um, we're trying some new things out here at Blooming Out. Uh, as you kind of noticed, our format's a little bit different. That's, we're trying to reinvent ourselves, make it for more Mm -hmm. engaging radio. So if you folks have any thoughts, concerns, or questions, Always know that you can write us here at Blooming Out at wfhb.org, and always, you know, if you want to come in, discuss the topics, or even uh, just, you know, chat with. That's Myself,
4: right. Frankie, or Rachel. We'll just highlight Alex because he's the one that cares. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so and and things will get done. So you gotta, you know, mm, if you, you want, If you want things done, we gotta send it over. But yeah, <laughs> it,
0: it's been great, and it's fun to see how this will go. So we'll, we'll let see. us we'll know. We'll be boot
4: off. All three of our listeners will be excited about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't give me a dirty look, Rachel. Hey, I know what you're about <laughs> to do. <laughs> no, so um, Rachel and I were we're talking about the format of the show. And we're um, going to meet at uh, Blue Boy. And it ended up being closed or whatever. So Rachel said, hey, let's meet at uh, Farm, which is a local restaurant on Kirkwood.
3: Great place, and, by the way. There's a plug. There it is. LGBT <laughs> restaurant.
4: Good coffee as well. And so anyways, I was um, running a little late, as sometimes I do. Usual. <laughs> <laughs> and I come rushing in and I'm like dragging my phone and my cords and everything and I'm looking around and I see no Rachel. There's no Rachel anywhere. I'm I'm never late by the way. She isn't. (laughs) She is always on time. And I leave because I'm like well maybe she's at Blue Boy or maybe I don't know. So I get a call and it's Rachel and it's like I'm looking at you and I'm standing outside of, of the farm at this time and I look over and there's no Rachel in there. But there's Eric in there (laughs) and I look over and I'm like and so you know I sit down and I'm like oh hi uh, Eric how are you and Rachel had the flu and I guess when Rachel has the flu Eric comes out is that what what happened
3: I thought okay I've known Frankie for a long time and I thought he would have recognized me because I knew him it's been a long time I knew him first as Eric but yeah you know what you guys I had half a beard honestly (laughs) <laughs> i i got the i got the flu last week and oh you know what when you feel good you just don't feel good and then i started thinking um about self-identification and my generation and myself included i am very black and white i am male or female and i don't want the two to mix and and everybody not everybody that sorry but right now this generation is so non-binary and i thought i would be eric for a couple of days so i did
4: right and so then um we had a, a great conversation and 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 you know but and i went and met with alex and then i was having such a problem of how to address either when I was talking about you should, because I was talking about, because Eric had the conversation about me me. behind my back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Eric was having the conversation, but it's Rachel's on the show. So it was like, where do I go? You know, how do I do this? And I should know better actually, but I didn't. And it was very, you know, for me to get my head kind of wrapped around what was, you know, and again, I was kind of shame on me for, I guess, for not being prepared, better prepared.
3: So happy to put you in a quandary. Yeah, it
0: worked. It, it, worked.
4: <laughs> it worked.
0: But I think that actually brings up a very interesting point uh, because, Rachel, uh, you're kind of a staple here, both in Bloomington, within the LGBTQ community. In especially. The world. Yeah. Hardly it, that. <laughs> well, your cafe, you know, your, reputa- your reputation precedes you. And sometimes I think it's sort of interesting because – as Frankie and I were saying, it, it's like one of your favorite books, and you see it, but there's like a new slip cover on it or something. It's like, oh, this. We'll keep like, the slip
3: part anyway. I like but that. like,
0: we, it's like, here's this new thing. You, you kind of are like, you know, the novelty and like, oh, what is this? And you take a closer look, and it's like, oh, it's this thing I knew all along. And it's sort of an interesting thing. And so, we just thought this would be a great time to sort of talk about the idea of, you know, how you present yourself to the outside world, sort of when that gets involved with things like events or uh, institutions, perhaps school, job, and so on. And also take advantage of the fact that we have some wonderful guests here in the studio Greg, Hannah, Caleb. We would love to get your opinion on this too, because honestly, we're kind of speaking from a slightly older perspective, a Watch little bit it. different. And so. <laughs> Says it w- the baby face. <laughs> <laughs> and so we would love to kind of get your thoughts about this. Um, so when you kind of think of, I guess, an individual who's either transgender, uh, how, how does that sort of, compared to perhaps somebody who identifies as, like, gender non-binary or how they might present themselves. Any,
4: anyone? Anyone? <laughs> anyone? Just, like, in school, as far as with, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, transgender students and I, I, North. Um, yeah. You said that- well,
6: let me – first of all, I think it might be important to give you a, a little background on where we are with um, – our support of a non-binary, transgender-identifying uh, students. I think North has come a long way, and maybe, uh, maybe, who knows, we are one of the leading schools in terms of making sure we provide a safe uh, and supportive atmosphere for all of our LGBTQ uh, students. But we've done a lot of work, especially the last few years, especially uh, uh, at the end of the Obama administration, uh, around making sure we had... Uh, non-gendered bathrooms, but also making sure we support students who want to use the bathroom of their identity and making sure that we informed uh, our whole community that that would happen, that we were supportive of that. Um, there was a little pushback on those kind of things.
3: I have a question. Yeah. What do you mean you facilitated non-gendered bathrooms? Did you physically build in, no, we
6: had, we had faculty bathrooms in every area and we turned those into uh, student use, uh, non-gendered bathrooms. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, so, so you- students could choose either to go into a place that felt, you know, where they felt like they wanted a private place, um, that was, did not have, was not a gender specific bathroom and it was identified as a student bathroom. But they also, we encouraged students to feel free to use uh, the bathroom of their identity.
4: So how how long ago was this? When you uh, that's you been said,
6: a couple of years ago now okay. that we did that. Is
4: this something that it was that happened with just within the school with the, the
6: administration
4: uh, involved as far as
6: well Obama and I can't remember. You guys may remember better. Uh, there were there were in discussions with this law around making sure schools were safe for transgender non-binary students and the the law while it had not been finalized um, it uh, through the courts and so forth. Um, our school was um mostly because our United Students Gay-Straight Alliance had already been a safe place for students who identify as transgender and non-binary, um, genderqueer, and so forth. And so um, because of that, um, our students took a very active role in making sure that we were pushing Sweet. for um, those supports. And students were, believe it or not, coming from districts right around ours, leaving their home districts to come to North because of the reputation of the support there. And so we're pushing for a school that was a safe place. Did you have parental backlash from this? Yes. Yes, we did. And um, I have to say that with some work, uh, our administration uh, was very much um, – pushed right back <laughs> wow, and said, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, we, we have a situation where a transgender student can either have a private space in the locker room of their identity as well, uh, or they can change in the locker room uh, of their choice. And um, we had a situation last year where a transgender student who is um, female to male uh, has resistance at home, had resistance at home for buying a male band uniform. And the parents said, no way. And the school said, they're going to get a male band uniform. As long as they're in this school, we're going to support who th- what their identity is. So our school has been really proactive over the last couple of years.
4: Is that within um, both schools or do you find a-
6: I don't have enough information about what's happening uh, at South, so I have to be careful about uh, saying that. I know that uh, What makes a difference in all schools are supportive adults within the school who uh, support the students and fight along with the students to make things happen. So I don't know how that is at South exactly.
4: Okay.
5: Rachel was asking about parent backlash. Has there been – or I guess in the past or currently, is there ever like student backlash, like students that are against it?
6: Well, um, we could talk a little bit about that. Caleb, do you feel comfortable about talking about last year's experiences?
1: Uh, Last year – what month was it that this happened?
6: Um, I think, like, January, February, yeah, something like that. around right that around time. This
1: time. Uh, we, like, about a week prior to this, we had our, like, gay pride day at North. And um, I guess one student may have worn, like, a, a rainbow flag that day. And so uh, f- for about the next month, like, uh, we would see a couple of students wearing Confederate flags. And then one day they all just decided to come completely decked out in Confederate gear. Uh, so we're wearing, like, the full uniform, um, saying slurs at people. Uh, all types of things like that. Um, and so we decided that we were going to organize, um, and we ended up staging a protest at our school headquarters by the end of the day. And we had spread that, and we got on the news, and we uh, ended up getting it banned. It's
5: amazing. Hmm.
1: So w- w- was. Um, how long did it take
4: for, you know, before kind of all the, the rush in the air was kind of calmed down, where people were, you know? Um.
7: It took a little while for it to um, set aside. A lot of the people wearing the Confederate gear went to the library after it was banned, and we have a gay flag hanging in our library, and they tried to jump and rip it down. And they said that if they weren't allowed to have their flags, we shouldn't be able to have ours. And so a lot of teachers like kept standing up for everyone that they were trying to break down, and, um, but I don't think it still has ended. There are still a lot of um conflict, just not as much as last year. Is
4: it an open conflict, or is it stuff that you kind of hear in the rumor mill of like yeah, what's going it's kind on? of
7: it's kind of sheltered, like just whispers under the breath. It's not as bad as was it was last year, like all the confederate people gathered in the library and everything and They just remained to themselves, and we remained to ourselves, and we kind of try to stay separate.
4: Did the school do anything to try to bring the two together to have kind of open conversations? Yeah,
1: we uh, ended up having meetings between, like, leaders on uh, either side of the issue and then as well as our class presidents to find some sort of resolution. Um, I guess more so what we took away from it was a better understanding of either side. I'm sure um, neither group was persuaded in any way, but – at least we understood what, what where they were, they were coming from. What
4: were some of the arguments that maybe the Confederate kids versus like, – I mean
1: it's a, the same lines that you hear on TV. It's heritage, not hate. Like I grew up and the flag was in my house and this and that. And like we – like what I would tell them is that like I'm fine with your with your flag like on the street or anywhere. But in a public school, um, every student is entitled to feel safe.
3: Well, I would like to say – First off, thank you, and how much I admire the fact that you guys so quickly stood up and took a stand for something that was backwards and wrong. And I'm sure there are kids that would not have felt and probably didn't feel as empowered and would like to extend a thank you to whether they have or not. Um, So so there are still two factions, and you guys –
6: these kids now, where are they then? The kids that were wearing the flag. Uh, so, so I, I will like so follow up. I think, I think, um, you know, uh, we can't say that North or probably any school is where we want to be yet, uh-huh. but I will say we've come a long way since then. I think the students activism and, um, <laughs> they met and started getting on uh, news feeds and so forth from the school that the very day that that happened uh, and then uh, asked to meet with the superintendent, as Caleb said, uh, and had an amazing meeting where these students so just got chills and every adult that came there got chills about how poignant and how historically accurate and how uh, – passionate they were. And I think everyone was blown away. And and then, uh, of course, at the end of that, the superintendent and the board came back with a decision to ban the Confederate flag. Um, interestingly, it had been banned at South some years ago. So it was strange the two mm-hmm. schools were not on the same plane. Uh, having said that, then what you work through after that is the real work of trying to make sure, trying to create a safe space for every student in school while making clear that this symbol is not acceptable here and why it's not acceptable. And so that worked through individual students, sometimes discipline issues, sometimes suspension, sometimes expulsion, sometimes students left. And through that whole process through the semester, which was not an easy one because it was also educating adults. I mean, I personally, as an adult there, had a lot of conversations with other adults that said, yeah, I mean, we shouldn't have the pride flag here, the rainbow flag here, if, if, you know, they're going to ban the Confederate flag. That's not fair to students. So a lot of education around what the two symbols represent, um, you know, and uh, going back in history and all of those kind of things and actually talking about respect and safety in the school. Um, so that took a while. I mean, for a while, the problem, uh, even from the administrative perspective, was the kid who wore the rainbow flag on Pride Day.
3: I have to say, I absolutely love Redemption, and I would love to hear that some of these kids that were in Confederate garb have changed their mind. Um, can I hear that, or did that happen? Um,
1: I can't. I can't say that anyone has ever come up to me and said that they have changed how they view it. But um, I know quite a few kids who sort of led that have just uh, just up and left and moved to different schools or moved out of the state. Um, One in particular was telling me that they had, like, the Confederate Brothers of America wanted to come and stage something at our school and that, like, he had family in the KKK, just, like, stuff to try to, like, threaten, and it just didn't work out for them. So you you had no, like, national backlash
4: from, you know, the adult side coming in and – have you see
1: the Facebook comments, you would you would okay, say that. So, but.
4: so as far as the social media, yes, yeah, social media for a, sure. a lot of. But and then this was what last year or two years ago.
6: Last year it was just like la- it just yeah, seems like just I last year. When it was all happening.
4: I was actually dropping my kids off at school, and I think it's before all that kind of happened, and I started seeing the Confederate, Confederate flag kind of. Uh, guys had them wrapped around their shoulders mm-hmm. or their little ones tucked in their back pockets. And so, you know, I was starting to see the steam kind of rise at that point. And, you know, I think it, it took a minute for the school to kind of get on board, I think, before, um, things got quiet or at least got to a point where it was going to, it got ugly and then quiet. Yeah. Or, yeah. So it was, uh, uh, yeah. I was, as a, as a parent, I was kind of just observing. Um, to see what was going to happen with it, there were definitely um, other parents in the parking lot that were seeing it, and I started seeing it on my social media. That you know what's going on over at North at this point, point. and, and, and
6: the, the the eyes of the community were on on this event at the school to see what would would happen. More happened. than the community, and it outside was, it was a, it national, a national national news absolutely. story. And so, Rachel, I would say the redemption part maybe comes from this. There were there are a lot of students somewhere in the middle, and they were grappling with this. Uh-huh. Uh, False equivalency of the two flags and all of the things going on around this and I think what and and the students can t- who are here right now can can tell me if I 'm wrong about this, but I think working through that, maybe a lot of students in the middle um, came to see uh by the change uh, in that policy or at least by the addition of the policy of banning the flag came to see that the school, their school was a safe place, and it was a place where adults stood up that- for students.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely beautiful. I think that's wonderful. I guess my next question was, I know how it was, and I only know from the outside, because I was totally stealth as a kid. It was a different time, you guys. What is the acceptance level of kids, LGBT kids, particularly trans, because I think we are the most uh, vulnerable, redheaded stepchild? I don't know. what, (laughs) what, What... what is life like, you guys, students, um, for children like me?
7: Um, I think that uh, the teachers really respect transgendered and uh, individuals who want to be called by a different name, to be called by a different pronoun, and some of them aren't really as accepting, like they always forget, or um, non-binary as well. Uh, non-binary... Um, Teachers haven't really accepted that yet. They are confused by it. So – but um, I think that we are working – Do you kids. have like
4: some examples of like my – what could happen on a typical class day?
7: Um, just calling them by the, their dead name or like if it's – Their what name? I've never – yeah, I've never heard of yeah. dead Their dead name. Yeah, names. so it's the name that they would not like to be called anymore. Right. So or, um, someone okay. whose name is uh, Patrick going by someone named Ava – um, they want to be called Ava, and the teacher just constantly uses Patrick and he pronouns. And, um, but most of the, the, North is it because
4: they're, you know, they're just forgetting, they're not aware, or do the students feel like they're, you know, being targeted at that point?
7: I think that the North faculty is very open, and they, I don't, Right. See anyone trying to do that? It's on kind their of an list.
4: educational, like yeah,
7: because kinda... it is very different right. than what it was years ago, right. especially with non-binary individuals going by they them, and it's very hard it's, to. I,
3: I gave an, an apology on the air to a past employee because, mm-hmm. oh my, I, I kept misgendering, um, and it is difficult, but it needs to be done. But but. I'm glad they are doing so well, and, and or trying.
5: Yeah. So, like in a class in a classroom, then are their names like their like dead name on their like roster, and then they have to just like correct the teacher, and they have to have that conversation like every time, like every new school year. Yeah.
7: So every, um, I knew people who joined late and they were transgender, and for a whole year or like the rest of the year, they wouldn't even try to correct them because. They knew that they wouldn't get it right and it's – they thought that it was a really big hassle to constantly correct them. And every time subs are around, they don't put it on the roster saying this is their actual name. This is what they want to be called and the preferred pronouns. They actually have it as their birth name.
4: So what's the school doing in the sense so when they substitute teacher and you can't really get angry at them for that if that's mm-hmm. what it is. So um, what, what – what, what, as far as maybe your, your student group is, you know, of course educating, but at the same time of, you know, so we, so we set up, issue.
6: when we started, uh, thinking about how we make the school a safe place for transgender, non-binary, uh, you know, gender queer students, uh, a few years ago, one, the discussions was, the, discuss- the main discussion was, how do we create, um, a wide, uh, safety net and um, so we started even a couple of years ago and now <clears throat> it's just part of our practice that whether a student reports uh, their gender identity, uh, whether a teacher reports um, and then we have private discussions with that student to make sure how out they are because that's an issue too. Um, we have a list of students who are out transgender students, their pronouns, um, you know, uh, how out they are, to whom are they out. That goes out confidentially to every teacher at the beginning of the year. Um, and uh, our rosters are all changed. So the student rosters are actually – so a, stu- a teacher that may do that is either a teacher who's, who's known that student for a while before the rosters or whatever and still calls them that accident, And most of the times it is not malicious, although the students can correct me. But our rosters have been changed. These students are in the system. In our system, we have a flag where every teacher is responsible for clicking that and seeing the student's name, their preferred name, seeing their preferred uh, gender pronouns. So I think we're, and this is certainly not to cover up as far as we have to still go, but I mean I think we're light years ahead of the schools around us.
4: Well, and the thing is, I remember when I was in school, and it still is because you still see the you know it's like preferred name, you know Frank. It's legally Frank, but I've been Frankie since I came out of the womb. (laughs) Um, So it's always you know Frankie. So it, it doesn't seem like. It's that's so new that that should be so difficult because it's there anyways for them to to look. And, you know, usually at the beginning of the year, you correct the teacher and say, hey, I'm Frankie, how, not Frank.
3: How do and, we grow you guys to other locations? Because uh, how commendable and how wonderful and thank you guys for being on the show. But coming from Brown County or people coming from Green County – there are wonderful people there that simply need encouragement, and they're, and and they're not getting it. How you, you're a decorated counselor?
6: Is there an association of LGBT
3: counselors?
6: Uh, yes, there is, and and also uh, the Indiana School Counselor Association has has. Uh, a uh, conference every year in which we highlight these at the co- these uh, programs at at the conferences, and so that's helpful. Um, I will tell you this interestingly: um, school districts are very territorial. Uh-huh. Um, Bloomington's, not, you know, Bloomington and Red State Indiana is not going to come and tell Brown County what to do. They're not going to come and tell Morgan County what to do. There's a sense of that. Um, so what happens is a lot of students who need a safe place retreat from those community and come to our school. Um, the, the reality is it is even a little hard to transport to Bloomington High School South. And I'm not saying ne- negative thing there, but again, unless you have some adult advocates who are really willing to stand on the line with students. And I think there are some really great people at South and very, I know some very good friends of mine are there. But I, I think the, the change happens, Rachel when adults get it, they uh-huh. get the importance of the safety for kids, and they're willing to stand on the line even if that means uh, having some threats to the job and so forth because that happens, even in Bloomington, Indiana.
4: And I think this is just kind of an, a natural, a- Currents that happens like San Francisco, and how that you know kind of came is that's when you and, and that's something as i when I was a kid, I would think, well maybe one day i'll end up living in San Francisco because I could be myself and and live with you know hopefully yes. without fear, and you know when you see people moving to cities you know g b l t q plus whatever folks moving TGLB. to TGLB. yes well yeah well, <laughs> I'm working on that <laughs> <laughs> um so you know so I think it's just. the the evolution that occurs that somebody has to stop, start it. Somebody makes a safe spot and show that it can coexist. And I guess, you know, people are looking to see, you know, I use this word loosely, the freaks and see what happens and to find out they're not, you know, and, and it works and everybody's safe and we get
6: along and then it, you know, Well, and let me say this and, and again, I want the students to take more of the show than I am right now, but let me, let me say that we have at least 12 out and proud transgender students right now. Wow. And the students, uh, several of those students come to school in their identity. Um, and by and large, they do not have bullying happen to them. I've talked to several of them. They come wow. to me and they know they can come to me. That's a change.
4: That's amazing. So that's talking crazy. kind of a,
6: about the, the
4: bullying side. So if you have a transgender student that's getting bull, bullied, um, have you guys have dealt with that as students and and how do you go about protecting them and making sure that they're in a safe place? Or
1: I've never seen that happen and I think the reason why I've never seen that happen is because um, anyone that would even have the thought to bully a transgender person or anyone in our school knows that uh, like our community would just swarm on them. We've North, if we've done one thing that's great, we've really stomped out bullying in our hallways. i I haven't seen bullying in a very, very long time since maybe my freshman year even.
0: That's great to hear. And first of all or well, once again, I guess. Thank you so much Greg for, you know, being that adult who's willing to, you know, put their, you know, toe up to the line and, you know, be that advocate. And additionally, thank you Hannah and Caleb. For you know being that voice so who's helping mobilize people, helping you know get that necessary us old folks, <laughs> yeah, yeah, helping uh Bloomington be that welcoming, uh you know accepting and sort of forward thinking place that we all sort of like to believe that we are. Um, That being said, it looks like we have to do bottom of the hour, so we're going to kick it over to our audio engineers for the events calendar and a music break.
2: WFHB is a media sponsor of the 11th Annual Percussive Dance Extravaganza and Square Dance. This event features a performance by the 11-member foot squad, followed by square dancing for all ages. Dance to live music by local and visiting musicians. Happening at Mike's Dance Barn on Saturday, March 3rd at 7.30pm. Tickets are available at Blooming Foods East and West. For more information, call 812-219-1890.
8: Baby, I mean, you're driving on the 1 after 909. I said move over, honey, I'm traveling on that line. I said move over once, move over twice. Come on, baby, don't be cold as ice. I said you're driving on the 1 after 909. Well, I better not go, and I better not bend the knees. Said you're around, you're only fooling around me. I said move over once. Move over Twice, Come on, baby, don't be cold as ice. I said, You're driving on the one after 909. Pack my bags. Went to the station. Railman said, You got the wrong location. Pack my bags. I went right home. And then I found out, I got my number wrong. My baby said, You're driving on the one after 909. I said, move over, honey, I'm traveling on that line I said, move once, move on twice Come on, baby, don't be cold as ice Since you're driving over one after 909 I my bags, went to the station, the real man said, got the wrong location, got my bags, I went right home, and then I found out, I got my number wrong, baby says you're driving on the one after nine, I said move over honey, I'm traveling on that line. More once the more twice Come on, baby, don't be cold as ice I said you're on the 1-After-90 I said you're on the 1-After-90 I said you're on the 1-After-909
0: You were just listening to 1-After-909 by Rogers and Rogers from their album Shirts and Skins. We now turn to our news segment for this episode, which involves a couple of students from North Central High School up in Indianapolis. These students, Alan Belmont and Seth Williams, are protesting the North Central graduation ceremony this year in response to a school policy that requires them to be called by their birth names, or as we've now learned from Hannah, the term dead name. Uh, it's an interesting sort of discussion because not only has the school uh, sort of been tackling these issues, but they have, in some instances, provided uh, opportunities for these students to uh, do something a little unique to help uh, kind of stay in line with their preferred gender identity.
3: I. I I appreciate what they have done. I I guess I'd like to ask you, Greg, how would Bloomington North handle this if, um, well, you have 12 transgendered students now, when they graduate, will they be
6: called their birth name, dead name? Or will they be called the name that they prefer? It's a great question, Rachel. the 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 way that we look at it is this: obviously, for certain legal documentations, until the student can have a legal name change, certain medical records and so forth, we have to honor the legal. But we remind the student that we are very much honoring their preferred name. But for certain legal reasons, there are there are documents that we have to uh, keep their legal name. Um, however. Any place that where a legal name is not a requirement by law, uh-huh. we will make the effort to make sure we honor the student's preferred name and rather than their dead name. And so we uh, – as far as I know, if they want their preferred name in the graduation ceremony to be called out by their preferred name, we will do that. Wonderful. Yeah. I will confirm that, but I absolutely would fight for that if it's so, not going to happen. So, so. W-
4: why – I mean the school – the students – You know, when I read the article, they said they actually have gotten a lot of support. From the school in itself that 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 they don't feel as far as being transgender students that that's been an issue they felt actually supported, and then we're just it's kind of the next step is here comes graduation, and they've get, have had all this um acceptance and support from not only the faculty but the administration as well, and then we come to you know graduation, and for me, it just seems like the adults are being just really silly. At this point and, you know, making, um, you know, issues where I guess it doesn't necessarily need to be. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, me and Alex were talking about that yesterday, last night, Mm -hmm. and I just couldn't get my head wrapped around for what the reason was. And I understand, you know, the document itself, yes, would have their legal name on it. But to call the name out loud <laughs> or name
6: them. Well, and and so what we're talking about our school communities and communities in general are grappling with these fairly new issues still. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. trying to determine where – the law starts and where their flexibility begins about how they can, uh, uh, how a school can support these students. I know we've gone through a long process about you know uh, where law comes up against what, what uh, our protection and support and making a safe place for students. Um, and gender identity goes to the very heart of a student's identity and support and safety and uh, respect and all of those issues. So. Unless it is a legal issue, we keep pushing the line and trying to find where that is from a legal standpoint. Uh, I I know there has been some discussion around – uh, diplomas as a legal document. And I think, you know, the late, the la- latest, sorry, the latest discussion on that has to do with trying to make sure a diploma honors a student's preferred name. That is the document they frame maybe or they keep with them for life. So, I mean, at least North, I'm sure of, and I'm, I would imagine the MCCSC is right in the middle of making sure that we don't cross, um, Legal barriers, but that we, we support the student. Um, having said that, um, things like – I mean the reality of a, a transgender student, a non-binary student, whatever, going through the process before legal ages for several things like name changes. I mean those are just legal documents and, and ages and so forth. Uh, taking hormones, for instance, and all kinds of things like that. That is really a grappling point right now, uh, and because parents may say, "No, you're not taking," and the the student, "You're not taking hormones right now until I can approve it," and I can't approve it until you're this age. Those students, their hearts are torn out. Schools can't really get into that argument, right. you know. Um, but um, so, if that makes sense, we're we're in the midst of trying to see where we can go with this. things.
3: How about we have come from an administration that was so supportive um, to an administration that is so non-supportive, in fact, hostile, how has that
6: affected you all You're on the You're talking cutting on it? the federal, not the Absolutely, the, the federal. No, definitely, right. yes. Yeah. Well, all that happened last year, we told you the timing of the happening of that, um, we saw more happen in the run-up to the election and then post-election in terms of bullying and uh, slurs and all of that school than we have ever seen. A group of students tried to organize, and we stopped, we put a, a stop to it, banned the fag flag that happened and we didn't mention that in the last segment uh, at our school. I mean this all came out during pre election and post election last year mm-hmm. yeah. um, so you make a great point there is a change um, from what administ- i mean we jumped on the obama obama administration's federal push. For security and safety for LGBTQ students, but particularly for transgender students right. in the schools, we jumped on it even before the law. The laws had gone through the courts fully. Um, that says something about how important <laughs> the politics uh, are in you know both the local levels and uh, yeah. And, and, and that's government. the
4: argument all the time is like take the politics out, there's no place for it. But that's where it all happens at. Is it where it happens, the, yeah, right there, mm-hmm. buddy. So. Um, how have you, since the new administration, the federal administration, um, has, uh, taken power, um, and I know with the shakeup for all of us, it was difficult for, for the, you know, for us outside, but within the school system of, you know, for you students to get your heads kind of wrapped around what this meant for you and how did, you know, you as a group, um, address it and, you know, did you have, you know, meetings and you talked about it? I mean, I, I'm sure there was a lot of that going on.
7: Um, yeah, so, when the election was happening, um, actually the day of we, – we meet after school every week. And our last year's president, Emma Cannon, she came in and cried. And we all were crying. And it was just horrible because so many people, like um, some transgenders that do come to our meetings, they do take hormones and everything. And he was so worried that he would be in harm because of what happened with the election and who won and um just a lot of people didn't feel safe and so many students had like make america great again pens and they really like showed you like so many people that didn't have a problem with our group still voted and wanted our president to to be in power and um it was just really hard to see that throughout the the school just People that you would never expect to feel afraid of, and it really it hit home for a lot of people because their families were voting for it, and it was just it was very hard
4: so where are you today now with this how, how do people feel that they have more they're more empowered now that it's not kind of the the big boogeyman that that you do have a voice and through um activism that you can start change again or keep it where it needs to be?
7: Um, To be honest, I don't really focus on politics. It makes me very sad.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our group. (laughs) So
7: I think that in United Students, we try to, at least like when I'm running the meetings, I try to stay away from politics because it is a very heavy subject. And I don't want to trigger any... Past memories for that or fears of like what Mike Pence was doing with um, conversion therapy and everything. So many people were so many people were fearing that at North, who is like the school that's very comfortable with LGBT people like the staff is amazing with us. So many people support United students. Um, So we try to stay positive for the time being until, you know, his Four years are up.
3: We hope. Yeah.
7: <laughs> so, I have
0: a little bit of. I've been kind of kicking this idea around throughout this discussion, but one thing that sort of strikes me, uh, especially with kids your age, Hannah, is sort of the importance of social media, not only as like a tool of communication, but for organizing and sort of uh, finding solidarity with people who, you know, might be across the country or across the world, Uh, what sort of role, if any, does sort of social media play in terms of uh, United Students and sort of how you guys organize as a group and sort of set your agenda?
7: So we post, like, um, in the beginning of the school year, we had informational meetings, and we posted them on our Facebook and our Instagram, and you don't have to be a part of our school to follow us. And I thought that it was really important to have that information to What's know. What's
4: your Instagram called, you know? <laughs> spot. Okay. I, think it's,
7: I think it's North United Students. I'm, I'm not an outreach. I okay. used to be. But, That's fine. Uh, yeah, I have no sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So sorry. Um, but it's after. <laughs> but we talked about the different types of genders. Like a lot of people – or sexualities. A lot of people don't know what like pansexual is. Mm-hmm. Or like, could you pansexual. tell us what pan is? <laughs> so, <laughs> so pansexual means, uh, to me at least, it means that you don't pay attention to their physical being. It's more of their personality. You don't. It doesn't matter to you what they have on their chest or what they have in their pants. It's more along the lines of you accept everyone for who they are, and it just doesn't. You, you're attracted to everyone. You're fine with everything. So
4: it's not like bisexuality. <laughs> if it's yes. it's. Bigger than that,
7: yeah. So bisexual is ju- is strictly well, some people are f- flexible with it, but bisexual is men and women. Pansexual is transgender and non-binary and everyone in between. So like pansexual is the whole spectrum, whereas bi people are just. So two this ends. person can be
4: yeah, it would be it could be in love with transgender or mm-hmm. bisexual, yeah, being but okay,
7: and.
3: Do you get much outside interaction from without, from other communities? You said it was open to other communities.
7: So I, we actually don't, that to my knowledge, we don't really get other people. We're not really out there that much except for in Bloomington.
3: But you're open to it.
7: Mm-hmm. I guess I'm oh, trying definitely. to go someplace with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like, I know that some, um, I know it's not like, Far out there, but even eighth graders like they know this stuff, and a lot of people don't know what they are in middle school. And so many people come to our meetings because we put ourselves out there as much as we can.
3: I, I meant geographically, oh. other, <laughs> other, so, so. other other counties is where I was going with. That. Um, I'm still like trying to grow going. the hinterland. Oh, I do too, <laughs> but but I'm worried about kids that don't <laughs> have the resources and the support that you guys have because it's it's a desperate situation for a lot of
6: people well right and and, you know so um there was a time when rhinos was a place for all the surrounding communities to come together and and uh be supportive uh uh, lgbtq students were very aware of rhinos doing that and they were did a wonderful job prism the prism group uh run by laura uh, ingram is has been an amazing uh, group to try to pull students from surrounding uh, uh, counties who don 't have the same support we experience in the schools here that 's done a great job. Um, I just wanted to mention here one of the interesting thing, things that i 've seen having been the sponsor for this group for eighteen years um, is this, the students didn 't have this group uh, when I uh, was an intern at the school. They had an after school kind of had to be in a teacher 's room a teacher who identified as gay it had to be kind of and so there were like four or five students. But the students were just literally dying to have a gay straight alliance, an out gay straight alliance. Uh-huh. And so when I was an intern, they saw my Safe zone sticker and they said, Mr. Chaffin, would you sponsor this thing? And I said, yes. And believe it or not, I had a union rep come to me and tell me, you can't sponsor that group. They'll think you're gay. <laughs> I was like, uh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, and he said, okay, if you want to be Joan of Arc, and he slammed the door. It was like, that's how this started. And, and he, like, people tried to stop me from sponsoring this group. And at the time, Nancy Kalina also, she's a, uh, a an amazing person, was a teacher at our school at the time. Uh, she was Co sponsoring with me. She got the same lecture from this uh, union rep. Having said that, like the students were waiting for this. We posted signs, and at our first meeting, we had over 100 students show up at this wow. meeting. And I say this to say that wow. at and this the time, was year? this was 2000. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I will say that it was packed house. Like the students had been waiting like water being held back by a dam <laughs> and it just came flooding. And that's uh, those are LGBTQ and, you know, uh, students who don't identify uh, supporters as well, straight supporters. And what, what I'm saying this to say that for a year, for the first few years, like I just sat back as a sponsor and these kids took off. Like they tried to keep these kids from posting on the walls about the group. The kids, unbeknownst to me, went out to one kid's home and they got t-shirts and advertised the group on t-shirts and wore them every day. I mean, these kids were powerhouses. They had waited. And this is in the year 2000. And we, these kids organized Um, panels they went to IU like the education school and they did panels for pre-educators and they did I mean I can't even describe to Hannah because it's been so long ago I think well wow before you were born Hannah (laughs) Um, uh, these kids were just waiting so they were ripe and they were activists and they were passionate and they were going to they were going to challenge everybody like try to stop us now we have a couple of adults who are there for us try it and they did try to – people tried to close them down. Administration tried to close them down. Yeah, I, I, mean, rem- I remember when all that was going it on. Was it was insane. I mean, a
5: graphic like how many people were straight versus
6: um, on the Our group has always kind of prided itself in being predominantly identified as LGP and T. And we have a smaller number often, and that doesn't happen a lot in groups, of number of students who identify as purely straight. Um, at that time, I think it was probably half and half, um, believe it or not, from that big group. Now, what has happened over the years is we've created a secure, safe place for students and we've seen numbers dwindle. We've seen it go up and down depending on leadership. Um, Emma last year, and Hannah's doing a great job, Emma Cannon, who was our leader last year, leadership by students makes a big difference. She was a go-getter. She's at IU now and amazing. But she – her leadership created this pushback for the Confederate flag stuff. Right. And you know, she – so we've seen it go up and down. But I'm, I'm saying this. When you ask about social media, there is so much that these students could be doing, but I have to be careful Because this is a student group, and I'm their sponsor. So I'm very careful about not pushing too hard, but I tell them, here's what has happened in the past. We could be really reaching out to these other communities. If invited, you would go? Oh, yeah. Hannah?
3: Yeah. You mean invited to? Well, I'll say Brown County because that's my home. Right. But yes, because uh, students
6: there's were a invited to come need, in and speak. Guys. I think we could find easily students who oh, would, would go for sure, and I would go. Of course. Not that I have any
3: pull, like, but mm-hmm. I'm going mm-hmm. to look for a cord to grab.
6: They would be a great. We would have amazing panels that we could do in other communities if we were invited. The thing is, I can tell you right now that. Um, we are seen as a little dangerous <laughs> in other communities around. Well, if it was a panel
3: that included kids from the area, it would be, be less awesome. invasive yeah, and awesome. just more demonstrate the need that was there, but to be see so a great. model that actually works. That would be awesome.
5: What do you guys necessarily do? I, I didn't have um, a gay-straight alliance when I was in high school, nor there was maybe like four people that were out. Um how does a meeting generally go? Like, do you guys have goals you're accomplishing or sometimes it's mm-hmm. also just a hangout? Does it depend on the day? Like, what's the agenda?
7: So usually after school, we want to establish ourselves as a family. Like, a lot of kids at home don't get support and we want to be that for them. We want them to talk about their problems and what has happened and how we can help and how we can grow together. And, um, like, we come up with ideas that they could do with the school and, like, how we can do fundraising and get ourselves out there to the public. Um, in our tutorials or during school, um, we have so many people come in. Like, I've had Middleway House come in and talk about consent and um, dating violence um, with the LGBT community. And soon we're yeah, going to have – <laughs> we're going to have drag queens and queens come in because <clears throat> a lot of people – don't know about that or how they live or what they do and i think that it's kind of interesting and i want to learn too how does someone who's not that out become someone who's so confident and and can do (laughs) glorious makeup and so (laughs) we have so many things that i try to say and i give it i i let the students decide i'm like what do you guys want to learn What do you guys want from me that I can provide? So, Mr. Chaffin helps so much. Um, He gives me uh, information and people to email and everything. And I just reach out and. Snaps to you. (laughs) It's it's really amazing on what they want to learn and everything.
3: It's amazing what you guys have done. I mean, it's inspirational. It truly is. It's wonderful
6: thanks for as an educator like you were talking about when you were in high school when i was in high school we had the, the coach ran a game in our high school that was dodgeball he called, he called smear the queer right. that was me growing up um you know Same. i i couldn't be out i couldn't even deal with who i was like i was in denial myself so f- to be a counselor in a school where we have kids like this like that to me is a pleasure every day i'm so happy so you know yeah
0: so we have about, you know, a few minutes left before we wrap things up, and I kind of want to ask a question that can also get Grant a little bit more involved. Um, how do you kind of see uh, popular culture as things have changed both, you know, amongst high school students and college students, obviously, for you, Grant? Um, how do you think popular culture, and especially sort of the YouTube generation, uh, content makers and stuff like that, how does that sort of Change the discussion and sort of uh, the common conception and or misconceptions about LGBTQ individuals and the community at large?
5: Um, well I'll start off by saying again, I'm like from Auburn Indiana, small town. And in middle school, that's when I, like, looked myself in the mirror and I was like, you're gay and, like, you're not going to date any more women. Like, stop breaking people's hearts. Um, or, so that stopped. Of course, I still broke some hearts. Oops. But um, I looked to YouTube. I don't know how I found it, but that's where I started going to find, like, people. I watched probably, gosh, like, 500 coming out videos just again and again and again, like, almost, like, conditioning myself and just seeing that I wasn't alone because I didn't have any- anyone else, like, in middle school that was like me or that was at least out. Um, so I definitely think social media has opened the doors of communication. And I mean, I still have friendships that I cherish dearly, um, that are from the internet. They live in Boston, they live in Charlotte, they live in California, uh, Germany, wherever. Um, so even when I wasn't, even when I was alone, in qu- air quotes, um, <laughs> I still had people I could talk to. Mm-hmm. And then I think of, um, after Queers Folk, that was a little before my time. Right. Um, modern Family. I feel like I don't know. I guess in the past six years, I was in high school. I was a senior six years ago. I feel like pop culture has influenced so much that, like, it just it baffles me. I don't know because it's just it's interesting hearing Hannah talk about gsa because that was not even a th- i mean it was a thing but it wasn't at my school and, and it like,
4: wasn't that long ago yeah
5: and i didn't really have teachers openly talking about gay any type is of it still just
4: to kind of flip back a little bit within your community now and i know your family's moved mm-hmm. since then but um, is is the the community changed do you, would you f- or do you feel like you know if, if you came out now it would kind of be the same story
5: I haven't like communicated with people really in my hometown right. that are, I guess, you know, younger. Um, but, and I didn't come out in high school, so I don't really know. I would like to think things have probably changed. I'm guessing they have in the sense of like, just cause again, with pop culture right. and as things progress. But yeah, I mean, my high school was surrounded by cornfields on all four sides. <laughs> so, I mean, but I mean, you guys are, you know, like same thing in a way, I guess, of coming from like a small town, even though, I, you know, Bloomington has a huge population from college kids. Um, Take all the credit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're so (laughs) glorious. Cool. Um,
0: You know, I guess the big thing for me and what I'm really glad to hear is that there is this evolution sort of going on culturally. Uh, We, I, I mean, I think back to when I was a student at North and it Uh, Just sort of the LGBTQ community was still somewhat of an enigma in a sense. And GSA was already established, but, you know, wasn't necessarily, um, you know, sort of being in a sense brave to not, I always kind of think of it as unafraid to fail. Unafraid to say, oh, well, some people will say, you're weird. And and it's like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. We are who we are. We're going to do us. And it is phenomenal to hear that we have both administrators and adults supporting it and students looking to not only educate others, but push those boundaries to make sure that people feel comfortable. Um, considering that we only have a, a few moments left, does anyone want to squeeze in a last comment?
7: Um. So, uh, along with what we do at North and like the um, visitors that we have, I've been on both spectrums, saying like it's perfectly okay to be gay. My mom's married to a female, and my dad, he is very religious. Well, his parents were, and so like Mr. Chaffin was telling me that they have had religious leaders come in and say that it's okay to to be gay. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. I I think it's important to be okay with who you are. Thank you so much, everyone. We're running out of time, but I want to take a moment to thank all of our fantastic guests. Greg Chafin at Bloomington High School North, our our two (laughs) wonderful students, Hannah Ledbetter and Caleb Poor. And additionally, our fantastic new co-host, Grant. Thank Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much, too, to our listeners and volunteers who make this possible. Take it away, Frankie and Rachel.
3: Blooming Out is produced by Alex Ashkin. Our executive producer is WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Jesse Grubb is our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I am Rachel Jones.
4: And I am Frankie Presslab.
5: And I am Grant Rollins.
0: And I'm Alex Ashkin. Tune in next week for a brand new Blooming Out, every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. on WFHB, volunteer-powered community radio.